Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Steve Letart, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. Greetings. Welcome to the third episode of the NASCAR on NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. I neglected to tell you that last week, and I think also the first episode. But I'm the person who conducts these conversations weekly. And this week, we have our first NASCAR Sprint Cup driver on the podcast. And rather fittingly, it's the Kona 500 defending winner, Joey Logano heading into Sunday's race. Talked to Joey on Wednesday, February 17th in his motorhome. It's before cars hit the track on Wednesday. Uh, we did have the Sprint Unlimited qualifying, some practices, but not a lot to gauge um, his prospects, although we did talk about that a little bit. But as you listen, please keep in mind, we are unaware of any events that would transpire later Wednesday or during the Thursday qualifying races. Um, we were talking mostly about how he's done to, to that point when we did talk about this upcoming race. Uh, nonetheless, this was a good conversation. Uh, I've interviewed Joey Logano many times since he entered NASCAR's Premier Series in 2009. As the, at that time, the youngest Daytona 500 starter in history. It's hard to believe he's only 25 years old. Uh, he's become an articulate driver. He's very comfortable with the media. I think he's very candid. And there is a distinct difference uh, between who he was when he entered NASCAR as a teenager and who he is now. He's a different person. I mean, he's older, and naturally, these are some of the, the formative years of an, an adult's life. So, of course, he's going to become more comfortable in his own skin and more comfortable with the media. But I think Joey Logano is a great example of a person who has been able to grow up a little bit in the public eye, in the public eye and learn how to handle that spotlight without being overwhelmed by the pressure, the attention, the expectations. I think he's done all of that, handled it with grace and aplomb, and emerged uh, not just as, as a championship contender and one of the best drivers in NASCAR, but also um, a decent interview, as I think you're going to hear on this podcast. We also spent a lot of time... Uh, in addition to, to talking about how he handles himself, we also uh, talked about how he handles the media. He, he was coming into this podcast, coming off a lot, a lot of media re- recently. Daytona 500 Media Day yesterday. He did the New York City media tour last week. So we talked about like w- what he likes to do, uh, which is virtually everything. He says he likes listening to our insipid questions that we peppered him with yesterday. He seemed to, to, to say he enjoys doing media, but there is one thing he doesn't like about doing media. So... 
definitely listen for that. We talked a little bit about his involvement with the NASCAR Driver Council, which was formed last year. Joey's been a part of it since then. Uh, but this year they added his teammate, Brad Keselowski. Brad told a very funny story yesterday about he partially learned about this through a text message from Joey Logano. So we'll hear Joey's side of that for the first time in a very lighthearted uh, recollection, also a very funny story. We also talked about how Joey Logano has learned how to let things go, uh, particularly as they related to last season and the Martinsville incident that was one of the biggest stories of the 2015 season. We also catch up on where things stand and that. And then, of course, again, we, we talked about him being the, the defending winner of the Daytona 500. I think it's perhaps gone a little bit uh, unnoticed that Joey Logano won two of the four restrictor plate races last year. He really has emerged as a restrictor plate ace at Daytona and Talladega. And while he has effusive praise for Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s uh, ability at plate tracks, he says he's, he's the best driver, as, as many also say. Uh, Joey Logano really also has become um, one of the best in the draft as well. So I, I think he's really going to be somebody to watch as he attempts to defend his Daytona 500 victory this Sunday. So I really hope you enjoy this. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback from the listeners so far. Everybody seemed to enjoy the first two episodes for the most part with Kyle Petty and Steve Letart. Uh, please keep the feedback coming. That's how we make the show better. You can tweet me uh, at, at Nate Ryan. Um, always there as a listening post. Uh, certainly interested in, in constructive criticism. Who you'd like to see on the show in the future. Uh, I'm not locked into a guest list, so definitely am looking for any sort of suggestions that, that anybody has on, on guest lineups. And uh, we're going to have some involvement with more NBC staffers in the near future. Keep your eye on that. So we'll, we'll save all that good stuff for later. For now, though, let's get to the podcast. Without further ado, here's our conversation with uh, defending Daytona 500 winner, Joey Logano. All right. So, um, I suppose, uh, we could start with, uh, your, your week, uh, cause I know like you've been down here obviously since the weekend, but before that you were in New York as, uh, defending. Yes, yeah. So we've had a, a great time. Um, went up to, uh, New York city, froze our butts off and, uh, kind of did the, um, media tour to help promote, uh, the 500 coming up here. So, uh. You know, we went through a few different things. We did Fox and Friends. We did uh, a few other places we swung by and stopped and did AOL, a couple things like that, and uh, and then flew home for the night and then uh, left with the team down to Daytona the next day. And um, and then I was on the racetrack that day, so I was all excited. The whole time I was in New York, I was thinking about being on the racetrack because I was antsy as can be because I haven't driven a race car since Homestead, so it was a big deal to me just to <laughs> get back out there. Um. <laughs> Did that, did being in New York, did, does that kind of experience, like, drive it home when you're doing, like, all these big ticket, like, non-traditional mainstream media? Does, mm-hmm. does that, did that sort of, like, say, hey, this year is different than I'm going to Daytona. I'm going in this to defend the winner. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it does, but I guess it doesn't really change much of my attitude and what I do to prepare for the race. You know, it's nice that, you know, we've proven to ourselves that we know how to win and we know how to win at super speedways. That's important to me. Um, you know, the fact that doing different media and, 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 you know, doing interviews outside of racing stuff, I guess, is uh, it's good. It's great for our sport. I think it's a good thing. But it's definitely, um, 
you know, I guess it's not what I think about. You know what I mean? I just think about, I want to win again. You know? Right, just, right. So that's where my head's at with it. Yeah, and probably where it should be. Because yeah. all, you guys, we ask you these silly questions about, hey, have you thought about, like, what this means? And you're, the, the answer is always, no, actually, I'm just thinking about winning that week. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're the one who thinks about it the other way, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. You just think, you know, it's part of... The, the media stuff is a part that comes along with it. Right. But it's not for, for I'd say, most of the competitors in this motorhome lot aren't doing it for popularity. Right. They're doing it because they're racers and competitors and they want to win. And the stuff that comes along with it is cool, don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's really cool that we get to go to New York City and, and right. see a lot of things that I wouldn't be able to see otherwise. But it is, uh, I guess, the, the main thing that I think about all the time is, how do I win the trophy? I want to be right. back in victory lane. That's the coolest part. Right, right. I think I heard uh, Scott Dixon, uh, IndyCar driver, once say that uh, you get paid to do the public relations. Like, <laughs> that, that's where you get, you, you, yeah. you know, driving the car, that's the fun part. That's but you guys part. are actually getting paid to do the rest of this stuff. <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard people say it before. I enjoy it, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I have fun. You know, I think I have a, a good team around me when we go do those things that we enjoy it. We joke around, have some good times, and. Uh, it also helped me make sure I say the right things, but <laughs> I think all of that is, I think we, have, we do a good cho- job and enjoy it. I think that's important to, to surround yourself with a, a good group of people that can help you, number one, but also you can enjoy it and have some, some fun with it because we spend a lot of time doing stuff like that. Right, right. What was uh, the best part of New York, would you say? Um, best part of New York... Our flight home. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you we go. Up on wheels you say up, you like it, <laughs> and we had some sushi, and it was great, and that was that was pretty much the the best part. But I mean, we had some good times. We um we went to the Players Tribune, which is a, a, yeah. a, a magazine up there, and got to meet some of the the guys that um, put that together. I thought that was kind of interesting to hear how they do that, and um and their office was uh was completely different than a lot of offices I go to because they had. Um, video games everywhere in there and of course as soon as i told them i like to play hockey we had to start playing video games playing hockey so we did that right. <laughs> that was the hard work part <laughs> but yeah. no i mean I, don't, I enjoyed it all i mean it's, it's just um it's fun just building relationships and seeing what other people do yeah you know as we kind of live in our own little world you know in motorsports you know we this is are a small pond, but when you go outside of it and you see how everyone else works and what makes the world go around, I guess it's all interesting to me. Yeah. Are you going to write something for Players Tribune in the future? Uh, we talked about doing something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about putting something together and, and, and some ideas and what would be a good story. And, um, you know, so they just wanted to kind of hear parts of my career mm-hmm. um, or parts of the foundation and stuff like that, kind of uh, coming up with the best way, what would be presented, I guess, the best for. Um, yeah, you know, their, their magazine. I saw that uh, they they had that story with Truex Jr. and Sherry Pollock's uh, yeah. come out this week, and it was it was really well they done. It seems like they do a good job. Of it. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool um, way to do it. You know, it's different. Yeah. Um, so yesterday was was Daytona 500 Media Day, mm. and um, so you went through all of that. I don't know if that rigmarole is worse or better than like going through New York. Wait, wait, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. You know, it's. I don't mind the media part because it keeps your mind going. Yeah. You know, you get people asking you questions. You got to think about your answers. You got you got to think about things. Yeah. The the part that gets boring and kind of redundant is that you're taking the pictures. You know. And yeah. I guess that part gets kind of old. It's like okay, I'm sick of taking pictures. You know. I was just, yeah. But as far as questions and 
having conversations and stuff like that, that part's fun. You huh. know, I, I think that's a fun part. You can be yourself and, right. you know, answer questions and try to help out things. It's always interesting to see what the, the stories are, too. Like, uh, you know, certain questions that come up that you uh, you may not have seen coming or something like that. It's always interesting to see where the media is at with things. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you can see where that. we were at yesterday. Um, yeah. <laughs> did, did it su- catch you off guard or surprise you that a lot of the questions were about contracts and the charter uh, system? Not really, because I think there's a lot of unknowns about it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of questions about it when that comes up, right? I mean, it's the fact that, you know, and really, I mean, who who really knows a lot about it is the owners. So a lot of the guys that were there yesterday probably aren't the best people to ask. Right. But it, it's, uh, you know, we all know what we've been told by by our owners. Um, you know, so it's just all kind of, I guess we're all kind of in the dark together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but it was, it was interesting just to uh, you know, see how everyone's answers were and just kind of line up everyone's stories and it all made sense. What did surprise you? Any any questions? I had no big no yeah. big surprises. We didn't do no. a good job. Well, it's Jeremy's <laughs> job. Jeremy's my PR guy who's leaving me. Uh, <laughs> after ten years, you know, he's just had enough of me. But um, or even longer than that, probably. He's just shaking his head behind me. You guys can't see this on a podcast, I know. But uh, <laughs> um, where was I going with this? Oh, it's his job to make sure to that I don't get surprised. Right, right, right. right? So that's uh, so he did Jeremy his job. Did a good he job did his job final yesterday. Day five hundred media day. Yep. He was mm-hmm. a success. Okay, good About job. About time he did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were you were in the morning. Um, you were the first one to go actually in the mornings, but, and your teammate. Brad Kozlowski was actually the last, I think, for the print reporters of a shot at. So we didn't get to ask you this uh, yesterday. Uh, he told this great story about how he found out he was on the driver council. Did you hear what he what he said about this? No, I haven't okay. heard. What did he say? Uh, it, well, first he, he said he found out through, he got a text from Dale Jr., who he described as, like, the guy who runs this entire thing and, like, mm-hmm. is in charge of communications, apparently. So he got a text from Dale Jr., but then the next text was from you, and essentially, it was holy crap! You got voted on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was surprised. <laughs> we all were surprised. He was too. So I think it's good. I know I voted for him, but I was like, I don't know how much one vote does, but <laughs> every vote counts. That's right. <laughs> right. So uh, that was funny. No, yeah. that's just how it went down. I was wondering what he said, but that's uh, yeah. Text was like, oh my god, you're on the driver council. Cool. So yeah. I think I think that's good. You know, Brad definitely has a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, unique ideas, which is good. You know, you got to have a well-rounded group, and uh, that sees things from different points of view and different angles. And uh, you know, we we all know Brad has his his, his unique angle. Right. And uh, a lot of times, you can take a lot of good from that and put it all together. You know, it helps our race team a lot um, having uh, just different type of people. Right. Mixed in. Right. Um, and then you can make your decisions off of that. Yeah, I was talking to. Uh Actually, the first guest on the podcast a couple weeks ago was Kyle Petty, and he was talking about how he liked, like, there was, when he first started talking to NASCAR, there was this misconception he felt, especially when he started doing TV work, that NASCAR said, you know, why do you hate us? You know, why, why are you out there saying things, you know, that are negative? And he's like, it's not that I love this sport. It's not that I'm being negative. It's like that it's constructive criticism. It's that, like, when you have a chance to sit down and have actual dialogue, you can get to a better place. And we talked a little bit about the council. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's that's kind of the idea is you almost want to have You want to have back and forth. Right. You yeah. know, and, and you know, a lot of times 
you know, maybe uh, the drivers don't see the full the full story, and they don't right. understand why NASCAR is going down a certain direction. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times NASCAR doesn't see the driver's full point. Yeah. And we have to explain that to them as well. And and when we're all unified and we're one voice, and we can go to to talk to uh, whoever, you know, it's always there's always strength in numbers, right? And um, and when we all can agree, we can we can make some things happen and, and improve our sport, and um, and vice versa. You know, we learn a lot right. from NASCAR and say, okay, here's what they're doing. Here's why we're doing certain things. A lot of times we look and say, why are we doing this? Does this right. make sense? Well, at first we might not think it makes sense, but then when we look back at it and NASCAR explains it to us, right. we see why we're doing it. Right. You know, and I think that's uh, you know um, important for everyone to know is it's communication. That's basically what this all comes down to is yeah. communication, right? And it's, yeah. it's so simple, but it, it's tough when you have uh, a lot of different parties involved that you're trying to all get on the same page. Yeah, and it's tough to imagine like when we sit here in your motorhome and I'm looking around and it's like you guys are all in the same vicinity you know, <laughs> dozens of hours every weekend yeah. and yet it's hard still to have the time where everybody's schedules coordinate where you can you can have those everyone's discussions. doing their thing right? right I mean everyone's doing their own thing you know right now we're doing an interview someone else could be doing something else you know so mm-hmm. it's just hard to get everyone to tie together and um you know, a lot of times, sometimes you just want a break, <laughs> you know, right. when you're in here, sometimes right. people just go in the murder home and they close the door and they hermit up and they're done, you know, it's just, yeah. that's the end of the day. And, and, and others go out and walk around and communicate and talk. And it just, it just depends you know, a lot of times. So, it, you know, a lot of times you just, you're in a garage all day, you're working and talking about your race car and you know, sometimes you just want to stop, right. you know, and, and other right. times there's a lot to talk about. So it just kind of depends. Yeah. Who voted for Brad? Do you know? You know who else? I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> who else? But I think it's great. No, I think it's it's really good to have him on there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny how the sport works sometimes. You know, you you uh, you know nothing against me or Brad really, but I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times I wouldn't think that we were the the two favorites in the in the garage. And um, but you know, also it shows that he's respected. Right. You know, and I think that's one of the important parts uh, when I see what happened there is the, the respect factor through through your peers. And that's, uh, it's important, you yeah. know, to have that. Just curious, is it the full field that votes or is it just the, the council that, that votes on uh, Oh, no, it's, it's a full, full field. Full field does. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, so how ready are you um, now coming into Daytona versus seven years ago when you came in as the youngest Daytona 500 starter in history. <laughs> There's no comparison. Right. <laughs> I, I thought you were going since to last year. No, no, no. no, no. This let's year go, last year, I feel a lot better. Let's go back to 2009. <laughs> I feel way, way better. I mean, it's, uh, gosh, I remember, and uh, I told this, I was telling, uh, who was telling this to? I think I was telling my wife this story. Or maybe it was Jeremy. And Jeremy raised his hand. I guess it was Jeremy. Um, did the, when I came down here for the first time, it's Thursday night before, uh, before um, uh, the Sprint Unlimited. At that time, it was a shootout, but the Sprint Unlimited practice. Right. And it was an old asphalt, and I've never driven a cup car on a super speedway before, so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. So I'm like, okay. So I, you know, I get out in this car, and first off, I go out of the garage the wrong way. And I was starting off on a great note, but then I went out there, and you know, first three, four laps, I drove through the pack, and I got towards the front. I was like, oh, okay, I got this. Everything's good. And about lap seven or eight, tires wore out. And that was, you know, old Daytona, the way it was. I mean, tires wore out, it was bumpy, and I was out of control. <laughs> Could not drive this car. And, uh, gosh, I remember I came in after about 10 or 12 laps. And I thought, I am never going to make it 500 miles. Right. I said, there's no way right. that, one, my arms don't fall off, or two, I crash this thing right. <laughs> in this right. amount of time. And it was 
unbelievable. And I guess that was kind of like the one. I mean, I had quite a few slaps in the face early in my career to get going, but that yeah. was one of them that was like, whoa. Yeah. These guys are really, really good. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, yes, I crashed in the 500. I finished 43rd. So I've seen both ends of the Daytona 500 now. I've been last yeah, and I've been first point. now. So that's good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even from last year to this year, I, I still feel a lot more confident this year than I did last year even. And uh, with just super speedway racing and what we've learned last uh, year and being able to win two of them and yeah. really knowing what to do in the draft. Because uh, I felt like before that, this was a weak, a weak racetrack for us. Hmm. That we didn't really understand what it took to win. I mean, last year, I remember writing this after the race, I, I mean, you pretty much had to do it by yourself. Because Kez was out, and you're up there fending off Junior, Jimmy Johnson, Harvick. I mean, you were kind of a one-man band there in the last ten laps, and every move you made was was the right one. When a, a bad lucky. move can cost you, I got lucky you got lucky. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, there's a lot of really good speedway racers out there, and that's how I learned. Is I watch these guys, I watch the tapes, I try to you know see what their tendencies are and um, know what they're thinking before they do it, and uh, you know, it, it's tough, you know, to, to think through all the, all of that information while you're on the racetrack before you make your decision on what to do, because it all has to happen in the split of a second, but, right. uh, you know, I thought, um, you know, the way we got through the races last year went really well, um, you know, equally, I mean, it could have gone the other way with, like you said, one bad move, right? you know, and, and that's it, but uh, that's the way speedway racing is now, right? I yeah. Mean, so you, if you can get out front, yeah, you have a good chance of, of blocking them off until they get a huge run um but it's uh it's hard to pass the leader yeah. these days you know so it's just how, how you get up there and make it in those right moves and there's some guys obviously you know dale jr is the one that stands out the most right he's he's amazing at it you know to me i still think he's the best at it um you know but it's just a matter of you know learning what he does and trying to think about what he's doing to beat him right so yeah i mean obviously it takes skill it's not just luck and you've mastered that part of it and i think also what's different from seven years ago i remember you won't remember it but the first time i interviewed you was when i was still at usa day and it was at a home depot in huntersville north carolina when you were doing a commercial Commercial. shoot yeah and i remember like somebody i remember you were like playing with like a dowel rod or something like that and just like idling the time between shoots and i remember talking to you and wasn't that you were nervous, but I remember thinking like, "This is a lot to put on a guy <laughs> um, <laughs> who's barely out of high school and is is walking into this." And something you said the other day in the media, I thought was really interesting in your media center session. You said, "You can define me however you want to define me. I'm going to define myself the way I want to." And I would think that seven years ago, just based on how old you are, that wasn't a piece of wisdom you could have at that point. Um, True. It's a, it's a good point, you know, and I think as I've gotten older and you kind of live through some situations, and uh, it's not that I'm old at no point, no point, I'm only 25, but I feel like I've been through a lot for a 25-year-old. Yeah. And, you know, you, you start um, you know, hearing people form an opinion about you or against you, and, um, you know, good or bad, um, you know, and, and to me, the, the, the opinions that I care about uh, the most, you know, obviously you want to be liked, right? No one wants to be hated. I don't. I mean, at least I don't want to be. I don't think I'm that type of guy. But right. it is what it is. Um, but the ones that I care about is is the people that I care about. You know what I mean? And, and I care about you know uh, my family. I care about my race team and, and what they think about me. And I know my race team's got my back. Right. You know those guys would take a bullet for me. Right. And I think that's um, you know obviously uh, 
very important to have that support group uh, behind you that, that that's got your back on what you the moves you make on the racetrack and the moves you make off the racetrack. Yeah, um, which is important. You know, I think having your family behind you, having your friends that, that are there behind you, and um, and and I value their opinions because when I do something wrong, they tell me. Right. You know, I don't want right. just the uh, smoke blowing up my butt. You know what I mean? Right. I don't, I want someone to tell me when I'm doing something wrong because it's important to become better. Um, but when people don't know me or I haven't met them um, and they form an opinion against me, I, I guess I don't. I, I guess let it kind of brush off. You know, right. it's kind of it's not a big deal to me. Um, you know, I want to have fans. I want to be, uh, you know, one of the you know more popular guys out there, one of the more liked ones. I want people to know who I am, though. Yeah. You know, I want to be liked for the right reasons. I want people to know that yes, I am very competitive. Right. I'm a competitive person. You have to be to be successful. Right. In my eyes, maybe that's different for everyone, but it's what I think. Um, but I also want them to know who I am. Right. You know, I'm not just a race car driver, right? right. And, and you're not just what you, the product is on the racetrack. That's not, that doesn't make who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I guess the, the personal side is what you want some people to know it, to say, hey, this is, you know, Joey doesn't just drive race cars. He does this, this, and this, and this. And that's why I like him, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he likes, you like the way he drives a race car on top of that, you know. So I guess I, I want that to be shown a little bit more so people can form an opinion on something that I think is um, more realistic. Yeah. Than, than what it is now, I think. You had some success with that last year. I saw that story about your antique hunting and, yeah. and that sort of yeah. thing. And that's yeah. what you want people to know about you, right? Yeah, you want people to know something more more about you and, and what you care about, you know. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, yes, I care about motorsports. I care about cars. I care about racing. You know, I care about, um, you know, our foundation probably more than anything right now. Right. Uh, you know, and I think those are the, the points that, that I want people to know about. Right. You know, more than... Um, than what we do on the racetrack you know it's hard to form an opinion about somebody uh about just the performance on the racetrack mm-hmm. what was there a moment when you realized it didn't matter what other people thought of you as long as it wasn't somebody you cared about is there something um, i mean I, and, and, and you say that kind of wrong to, to me i mean so you say something you don't care about like, right care about you people, care right you know right, what i mean right right, right. but um <laughs> you know i think that that you can let that stuff tear you down if you're not a strong individual inside yeah. You can let other people tear you down pretty easy. Right. Um, but you have to be you have to be true to yourself. You can't change who you are because someone says something about you. Someone's always going to say something bad. You know, I'm sure, I mean, as a reporter, oh, yeah. I'm sure someone says something about you multiple times. I always joke the default setting is everybody hates me. And then if I find out they like me, okay, great. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I like yeah, to think that there. most people like me, but yeah. some people don't. And, yeah. that's, and that's okay because I know who I am. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? You know yeah. who you are. You know the type of person you are. And you know what your faults are. Yeah. You know, that's, that's to me, being successful in life, you need to know what you're, what you're good at. But yep. even more importantly, you need to know what you're bad at. Right. And, um, you know, but knowing what your faults are, you can, you can um, improve on those and grow as a person. And I think knowing that inside is one thing. And letting, you know, hundreds of thousands of people tell you something right. else is... You just got to be strong inside and, and be a, a strong individual and know what, what's most important in your life and prioritize that. You got to know how to let, like you said, you, you're not going to not care about it, but you have to learn how to let certain things go based on exactly. the source. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. was there a moment or a, that like it changed? I don't think there's like a big moment. I no. think it just kind of, as you, as I've grown up, I think you just realize that, you know, um, just how life is you know what I mean yeah. people I mean and I'm guilty of it as well you know I, I'm just as bad as anybody else that that I'll form an opinion about someone and really there's only one person that can judge me 
and it's no one that's in this racetrack or mm-hmm. no one it really is there's only one guy that can do this and um you know so really i think that's the most important thing to remember for me right um but you know i, I said i'm as guilty as anyone on, on forming an opinion on someone without really knowing them right you know right be remiss as a journalist uh i, I know you addressed it yesterday but i'll just ask again if i didn't ask about what happened toward the end of last season and obviously that puts you in the maelstrom of all this controversy my opinion not a lot of it you're doing or not really not any of it you're doing but like where where does that stand now um are you are things good with the, the people who took shots at you um do you feel like it's it's kind of like dissipated among the fans where, where do you think things are yeah, i'm just kind of just at a point that i told you i'm just past it you know yeah. what i mean yeah. you can't let something <clears throat> consume you uh that doesn't that doesn't take you know, over me right. as a person, and I don't really, um, you know, I, I keep my eyes focused on what our goal is, right, and um, Roger Penske pays me to drive a race car, he pays me to go out there and win races, he pays me to go out there and win a championship, right. and that's the only thing that matters when I get there, when I get in a race car, that's it, yeah. because that's, that's, that's the goal, so I stick to that, um, you know, and, you know, as far as the other stuff, where we're at with it, I've moved on. Yeah. Because I got bigger things to deal with, I feel like. Because I want to win a race. Yeah. I don't want to get in a fight. Yeah. I don't want to get in a, a wreck fest with people. I don't. Not what I want to do. I just want to go out there and win trophies. Right. In that regard, uh, looking ahead to this weekend, I know you haven't been on the track very much so far as we speak here on Wednesday. Uh, but where where do you think you are in terms of Sunday? You feel good about defending your win? I think I'm in good ch- a good chance for it. You know, uh, I think our car um, the other night in the Unlimited was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we may not let a lot, but we came from the back a few times and uh, finished second and was able to, um, you know, have a shot at winning the race at the end, um, you know, if all things went right. Maybe, you know, obviously the 42 didn't get loose or they didn't crash behind us. Uh, maybe we could have had to push big enough to get by the 11, possibly. Mm-hmm. We were side by side with them at the white flag. So we were we were in the hunt. So I, I feel confident that we still know what we're doing. We didn't forget over the offseason, so that's good. <laughs> that makes you feel better. I mean, in all honesty, when you haven't driven a car since Homestead, yeah. you know, you start to, okay, all right, what did I do? I've wondered that, again, like, you know? with no testing, like, it. if that, and, and drivers tell me, ah, oh, no, it's just get right in. But there's got to be some rust, right? You do right? get right in and go, but deep down inside, you're kind of like, ah, yeah. can we make sure, I, like, okay, we remember how to do this move or uh, how right. to make this move on the racetrack or we were having that spotter and driver relationship and making sure that's all where it was and, you, know, you can talk about it as much as you want. You can watch as much films as much as you want, but it's nothing like being on the racetrack. And um, you know, so really, like the, the first practice on Thursday night, it, it kind of, yeah. you know, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. I remember everything now. It's like, okay, I know how to do this. I felt good about the race. We made some great moves in the race, some confident moves, and um, you know, the moves that you—they're not—you don't make them thinking, mm, did I do the right thing? You just know they're right when you right. make them, and I think that's. Um, important to have that confidence inside when you're racing, um, you know, and then and we had a great run for that reason. So I feel like our Daytona 500 car is better. Yep. Of course, everybody else's is too. <laughs> right. So right. it's just right. all going to be relevant. But uh, yeah, I feel like we know what to do to, to make this happen. We qualified 12th. We got decent speed in our car, and we'll work our way in there. Um, you you said you talked about being antsy when you're in New York about coming down here and getting the car. Um, but you you also said yesterday you feel like last two years you could have won the championship both years is, is that contributed i mean you feel like you guys left anything on the table i know there were circumstances beyond your control obviously last year and to some degree 14 but does it does it make it like man we really we can't let another one of these things go get away um 
don't really think of it that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we had a great season last year. We had a championship caliber season for sure, no doubt. Um, is there regrets? There's no regrets. We move forward. We're proud of what we, um, you know, what we accomplished last year. Uh, obviously, we went through some some tough times. Uh, but I'm a to, to me, I'm a silver linings person. That's how I stay confident. I, I look at the good things. I try to learn from the mistakes, and then I focus on what we did good to keep us motivated and keep going. Um, and I feel like everything that happened last year after Martinsville, uh, the way my team handled the situations, the way I handled them personally, uh, the way, way just everyone kind of came together. And, and um, you know, as a team, it's easy to, to be successful when everything's going good. You know what I mean? When you're right. winning races, it's easy to keep everyone together and keep everyone, you know, fired up. But my team became more fired up, and I became more fired up to go out there and to win and be more determined. And I think that um, reaching that level is, is, is something that I've never reached before. I never gotten to that point before. Right. And I think that was uh, something to to know that's there. I didn't even know that was there. You know, yeah. so I think I learned something from that whole thing. Is know how to get to this level as a race car driver or as a team leader that can make us stronger in the future, you know, for for 20 years to come. Right. You know, not just, you know, so we say, hey, it's one year. Will we have a chance to win that championship? Yes. Was it guaranteed we are going to win it? No. Obviously yeah. not. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the bright side is, hey, we, we learned something on how to reach this new level on, on how to go out there and push harder than we ever have before. And we know how to do that. And we know how to push that down for 20 years in my career. And I think that's going to be important. Okay. Uh, I'd love to sit here and talk longer, but I know Jeremy is going to, your, your lame duck PR guy is going to start yelling at me if I don't let you go here in the next couple of He's a part-timer right now anyway, so he I should probably just take it. It depends on if he's, if he's in right now or he's out. I don't know if he's listening. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> as much as I'd like to take advantage of that, I, I think I'm going to let you go, but thank you so All much right. for your candor. Thank you, I really yeah. enjoyed this. This was very much appreciated. All right, man. Thanks. It. I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 plus Fuel System Cleaner plus Fuel Stabilizer delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.